0: Welcome to Golden Topics, which are personal discussions with a variety of professionals on critically important elder issues. Hi, my name is Miri Toffman. I'm a mother of three, a gerontologist, and an attorney specializing in elder law. My focus is helping senior citizens to stay in control when they reach significant junctions in their lives. I am a member of STEP, which is a global society of trust and estate practitioners, I lecture on estate planning and I write on various sites about the relationship between children and their elderly parents and the daily needs of the intergenerational family. These podcasts are personal discussions with a variety of professionals and are intended for anyone who is interested in being enriched with knowledgeable information regarding significant crossroads for seniors. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy it.
1: And today we're going to talk to Rachel Weinstein, who is a clinical social worker and has been living in Israel for almost 10 years and is a very nice person, very fun to talk to. (laughs) Thank you. So Rachel, come on, introduce yourself. Alrighty, so my name is Rachel
2: Weinstein. Uh, We made Aliyah, my family, and I made Aliyah from Chicago about 10 years ago. Um, I recently started a private practice, a private social work practice, Um, I took a little break. Um, I was a hospice social worker and I worked with nursing home patients, hospital patients, uh, clinical settings, medical settings, the works. Um, One could say that I've been a social worker probably since birth, but professionally for about 25 years. And, um, and yeah, it's my, my professional true love. That's, that's what I've returned to. And that's never really left me, but, but here we are. So uh, yeah, so I, I focus not not exclusively on people dealing with transitions and adjustments and grief, um, but there are so many things in life that kind of fall into those categories. Aliyah is a huge transition, and when you miss the country you came from, in my case it was the U.S., it it is it's a grief process and it's a bereavement process because things things are easier now. But I I always you know say that. The first time walking into, the, into a grocery store and looking for milk and seeing that it was in a bag, um, that was that was a head trip to say the very least. So that it, it seems silly and it seems so little, but it's a huge adjustment. You know, like in the Wizard of Oz, you know we're not Kansas anymore. When you realize you're not in Kansas anymore, you, you need to you need to adjust. Um, so that's all sorts of adjustments and dealing helping people with anticipatory grief and what it's like to deal with the loss of independence, um, functioning in a different language. So those are my uh, some of
1: my, my areas. Okay. And today we're going to talk about complicated relationships during complicated times. Right. And, and um, from our rehearsal that we did this morning, I remember you, you sort of st- wanted to start with a story, which was very interesting. So go ahead so um i think that for a lot of us when we think about taking care of our parents uh,
2: there's usually a very sort of sweet story You know, mom and dad were always there and i want to take care of them but that's not unfortunately that's not the situation for everyone and the story i'm gonna i, I want to open up with is um when i was a hospice social worker in illinois uh we had a, a nursing home patient who was in a nursing home in Glenview, which is a fairly upscale kind of kind of suburb. And there was a little old lady couldn't take care of herself at all. And um, she had very few of any visitors. And because no one visited her, um the nursing home staff felt like they needed to give her extra care because they felt so bad. How could how could anyone have abandoned this woman in a nursing home? The hospice staff, which was uh, an entire interdisciplinary team kind of flocked to her also she was alone she was cute right i don't really like that word for an older person but that was that kind of fit um in that case and we really wondered where was the family why was this this seemingly lovely lady who was clearly very ill why did nobody take care of her and we eventually got in touch with her family and one of her daughters you know spoke with us and gave us a little bit of history which was standard which is standard to do and she said, you're probably wondering why we don't show up, why we don't you know, visit. You probably think we're, you know, that family. And of course, you don't say, well, yeah, we do. But we did. We did think that. And so she said, you know, I know that you guys are taking great care. We wanted to make sure she got enough care, you know, the right care in a nursing home and hospice. We understand her, her life's gone to a close. But I just want to let you know, the reason that we need to keep a distance is because mom wasn't the woman you see today she was really abusive she used to call us horrible things um she used to tell us we we weren't going to she she told us horrible things she described horrible things to us and at one point mom pushed me down a flight of stairs and so they said the reason we don't visit is not because we don't want her to get the right care and the best care we need to step back because we have to protect ourselves it put a whole spin on the relationship and it didn't matter what any of the staffs bought. And in part it kind of never does. It's about the family. But we went from thinking what a horrible family to I'm just grateful that they participate on, on any level because they could easily have washed their hands. So I think that um it's just important that we not we not make any assumptions about others for sure, and
1: about and about ourselves. Okay, so if there is a difficult relationship between the parent and the child and the parent does need a caregiver so what is the child supposed to do what do you suggest i
2: think uh, ever excuse me doing everything preventatively is always the best way to go unfortunately sometimes we don't have the, the luxury of time but it's really important if mom or dad or anyone else that you might be asked to be responsible for before they need help make sure you know what are the expectations if mom gets ill who steps in what do we do right um and it's important if you can know that from your parents because if you have a complicated relationship with your parents they know that too um so try to understand from them who do you who would who do you want to be there when you can't do things on your own speak if you have siblings speak to your siblings um also you have to be honest with yourself let's say mom or dad who have not been so nice to you um or you've just had a conflictual relationship um sometimes it's not abuse like in the first you know in that story it's just you just never got along you have to dig deep and make a decision can i do that am i going to be able to give give over that part of myself to them if i'm going to be struggling all the time and it's much better to be honest then to put yourself in a position that compromises what you're able to do and ultimately compromises their care. Um, you may also need to think with, you know, discuss with your, your entire family. Can we do this on our own? Can we keep mom or dad at home? Do We need to look at agencies. Do we need to look at an assisted living? Do we need to look at a nursing home? Do we need to look at caregivers? You have to be as honest as possible. It only will serve you well in the future um, certainly won't hurt you. Um, and especially, you know, now complicated relationships are complicated no matter what. Throw in a pandemic and you get an extraordinarily complicated situation. And so be aware too, this is not sort of standard fare, but you know, during the age of Corona, that there will probably be power struggles. Um, we all, not, I don't think any of us enjoy any of the Hanfayot, any of the, you know, wearing your mask and social distance, all that, you know, we have to do what we have to do. But if you have, um, for lack of a better word, a difficult parent, understand that while you're trying to also protect them within Corona, that they may struggle with you on those issues too. And just have to do your best. Um, and when you need help, I, I bet of you, Bring in help when
1: and where. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking at the end of the day, you know, when there's a fam, there's a person, a family that needs help, somebody will need to pitch in and help. I mean, there isn't really an option. And what are you supposed to do, or how is the family, is a family supposed to deal with that when there's really bad blood or a conflict? Um, Even regarding, you know, navigating disabilities or bureaucracy, how does that work? So if this is all
2: taking place in Israel, um, there are a few things you have to be aware of. You know, Aliyah, right? Let's say a lot of people have their parents come over or their parents choose, I should say, to make Aliyah um, because they may need help or because they, you know, their pension came through and they decide now is the right time, whatever the reason is, understand that especially for people not only but especially for people who have made aliyah aliyah is hard aliyah is hard when you're young when you're healthy when you're pretty sure you know what you're going to do um the language even if you you know i used to think i spoke hebrew and then realized i spoke you know some variation of it but not real hebrew the language is an issue the aliyah process is an issue now put on top of that corona now, put on top of that someone who's older and has lived more of their life independently without needing support or certainly not support going to the pharmacy. You know they know how to get their medication, they know how to make an appointment. Um and then also being you're in a a new completely new environment on every level, and you may be more ill. Typically, again, we're talking about people. In uh, Mila Shlishi, right? They're, they're an older generation. So they've probably got a few more aches and pains and illnesses. Um, so when you put that into the mix of Aliyah, it gets even more, things get more complicated. But I think that the, the reality is, whether any of us like it or not, and I, I speak very much from personal experience, someone's going to have to step up. Somebody will. Um, I had a very complicated relationship with my mom. Um, she, I am one of two kids. And as the situation was, I was the caregiver. I was 6,000 miles away, but I was the caregiver. And I had to do that, not because I think I, you know, deserve an award, but because somebody had to do it. It was very, very simple. Um, in some ways, not, but in other ways, very simple. So what I needed to do, not only, um, not only as the caregiver for my mom for as much as I could do from across the ocean, is I also had to make sure that there was a team and a team that I could work with. In, in hospice and nursing homes, we call it interdisciplinary team. You have the social worker and the nurse and the nurse's aide and the doctor. It's a whole team of people talking about the same person and all of that is about the care you're providing. So when I got, I visited the state and I made sure to have Whatever family meeting I could. Um, When I needed mediation, I called on the hospital social worker or the nursing home social worker, and I encourage people to call on. uh, You cannot do everything on your own, physically and emotionally. Can, and when again moving moving this back to Israel, you can bring anyone in that you feel comfortable with to help you navigate. It could be your rabbi. It could be your neighbor. It could be someone that everybody trusts that isn't blood-related at all. So you may need a mediator. But you can also, uh, mercifully, there are agencies that can also support and and provide that kind of mediation and, and, and help you navigate too.
1: Right, like uh, the Lev Shalem and AACI, right. there's Nefesh Benefesh, there's Maya Nold. No, You're right, there's a lot of those here. Right, the Shira
2: Pransky Project. There are lots of places to go for help. Um, it's also vital with that, I should say, to learn about what the available resources are. When I, when I worked in hospice, people would, families would apologize. I I don't know how to do this. And I would tell them in so many words that I was glad they didn't know how to do it because it meant that they hadn't gotten to this point in their life at that, at that time. You don't know how to plan for a a parent's declining health until you're f- preparing for a parent's decline health. And so if you don't know that there's no like age requirement, it's not like, oh, you know, you as an the adult child at 50, you must know what to do. You must know what to do when you have to do it. So, and we all learn it as we go. Um, so it's, it's important, to, you know, again, to know about what your available resources are to speak to other people. There are support services on Facebook. Like uh, a group called Sandwich Generation, Israel I said that right. Um, okay. And you can and you can uh, network with other people who are in the same boat. You can find out who do you use for your caregiver, who what do you use an agency, what are the rules, what are the requirements. Network as much as you can because for any moment you think you're you're in this on your own, you're absolutely not. You're absolutely not. Okay.
1: What about? you know, getting used to the medical system because there are probably a lot of elder people who can navigate the web, but they find it very difficult, especially in Israel, to navigate the system here, especially setting up appointments in Hebrew. So how do we help them on one hand, but also make sure that they maintain their independence so they feel good about themselves? Right. I, I think here another thing,
2: whether you have a complicated relationship or not, perhaps even more so, if you do, is that you have to understand that, or I would hope you understand that your parents clearly are older. They have lived more years, depending on themselves, than, you know, than, than you. That's sort of just the, the math of it. So when you make Aliyah, again, as a, excuse me, no matter what age you are, you become very dependent, hopefully for just a short time. You have to rely on people to explain, this is where you go for that. This is the name of this medication in this country. Uh, you know, this is how you get to the misrod office of this, but it's only open on Tuesdays, so but maybe on Thursdays, so but maybe the owner's and redo. There's all sorts of, you know, hoops to jump through. That's hard when you're healthy as a horse. Now again, add all the other factors of being an elderly person, being physically more frail. Let's say um, of of not necessarily knowing how to make your appointments online. Not to say that seniors are you know not uh, you know not literate in computer skills, but the computer systems can be hard for anybody. So if you, as the family member, can't sit down, I, I certainly would encourage at first to sit down with your family member, and let's let's go through this this computer screen together let's talk about the things that we that we need to do if you can't do that or you are not capable of doing it then again bring in a team bring in support somebody will ultimately have to do it and and that may sound very you know is what it is but unfortunately it is um you know but if you can't do it get help maybe Give yourself a limited amount of time, Mom. I'm going to sit with you for about an hour. This should be enough time to get you your vitamins, get you to your orthopedic appointment, and all of that, um, and helps them and helps them that way with the medical the medical system. The other thing is, it may sound small, but it it's not. Is that it's very easy. I know when I'm helping someone, you know, with something on the computer, it's very easy for me to put my hand on the mouse. Ugh, I'll do it. I'll I'll click away. But that takes away their um it takes away from their dignity from their independence so your finger looks fine you can point at the screen no no that that's the box over there let them click the box it may sound so silly and so insignificant but it's a matter of control and again when you're thinking of all the things that you lost right you were did whatever job you did in in your home country and now you're here and you need help with everything you know let them click a button It can make it can make a difference. It means that they did something active. There was an active role that they played in it. And if it's all you need to do to give them that sense is click a button, let them click a button. If it will it will it will help both of you.
1: Powers, then you know there's this saying: you can give somebody a fish, or you can teach them how to fish. Right, right, same sort of thing. You can do it for, but that doesn't really help them for the next time. Right. You know, lead, lead them to the uh lead them to the water. <laughs> Show them where the
2: fish are and tell them to cast it. Their- I do not yes, this metaphor is not a portfolio, but but you know what I mean. Um the yeah. other I, I do wanna say that it is really important is that customer service I it gets a lot of um you know, we make a lot of jokes about it, but customer service is different I know that anyone listening who is from the. US probably just you know fell off their chair but, but that's something that we have to be aware of too um you know imagine making I mean when I was in the states I, I mean I was only there I left 10 years ago not even I picked up a phone to make an appointment with the doctor I could find I can come on Tuesday at 1 30 it was done what do you mean go on the computer and I need to get a confirmation and that like what, what is that? Right. So then, you know, wait now, hold on, wait, my computer didn't work. So now I have to call an all Ted. And they said, I pressed one for English and they didn't Russian. And ah, what do I do? Right. So, so that happens. <laughs> I know it happens. Um, but customer service is something that, that people need to be aware of. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but it's different. And I want to be really clear, and I, I feel really, really strongly about this, that there are people um, who, uh, you know, again, I can only speak for the U.S., who will come to Israel and say, oh, the medical system here is terrible. It's socialized medicine, and it, it thinks and you can't get an appointment on or And I always compare it to, um, I can't give you the exact part in the in the Tanakh, but, you know, when the Jews left Egypt and you know, they were beaten and they were slaves. And they get out of Egypt and there's no food. Oh, it's so much better in Egypt. I'm not saying America's Egypt. I'm really not going to use any comparison to America right now. They have their own SARS, their own, their own problem. But it's really important to understand that there's, I mean, there's good and there's bad everywhere. I've had doctors in the U.S. who were phenomenal. Phenomenal. I've had doctors in the U.S. who made me wonder why they were allowed to speak because they have the bedside manner of a frog. I, I mean, and I'm being very kind when I say that. I've had medical care in Israel that was beyond, it was amazing. It was compassionate and all the things you want in your doctor and other people that I, again, wonder why Why do they let you talk and work with people you shouldn't be doing? This? It's not country-specific, it's person-specific. So, I, you know, it's important, again, to, to be aware of that because it's very easy to say, oh, it stinks here, find another doctor. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know that's very slip of me to say, but that's if that's going to help, you know, help you with the relationship you have with your parents while you're already going through a difficult caregiving situation, it's much smarter, it's much wiser to change what you're going through instead of, you know, spinning your wheels and complaining about how terrible the carrots. is uh, unless that's the way you bond with your parents if that works you know that may have benefit too um but other okay. life is not black and white there's a lot of gray right 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 and so it's it's also very easy when you leave when you leave what you're comfortable with um it's it's very hard to to you know to find to find how amazing it was here it is. And then you also realize that, you know what, I never gave, I never thought that maybe I would find somebody even better here. Um, and then, you know, and then you can, that certainly helps when you're dealing, you know, with a complicated relationship, when you're dealing with Aliyah, when you're dealing with people who are giving up their independence and have to be more dependent on their, their children, on their grandchildren.
1: You know, a little bit can go really, a really long way. Sure. Okay. So, what are some of the takeaways that you you would recommend? So, um, again, when I started,
2: I said, you know, not not everyone, it's really important to be honest with yourself. Not everyone has, um, you know, a large family that can be supportive. Not everyone has an amazing relationship with their parents. Nobody wants to be in a caregiver position. It, It is not fun. I did it twice um it's not fun it is difficult it's emotionally taxing because again with all of the issues again corona and being older and making nelly all doing all of this in another language um none of us are are superwoman or superman even mm-hmm. if we think we are and um when you're providing care for a parent whether it's providing it through an agency or yourself um you also have to realize that you are still the adult child that doesn't go away so if you had a wonderful relationship and i hope you did i i I hope that you did that's going to carry you through and if you had a complicated relationship there's a really good chance that it's going to get more complicated just think about when when you don't feel well my family knows that when i'm having an allergy attack and i have one like clockwork every year and i complain and that's just what I do right I not. I'm not I'm not the nicest person I can't breathe I can't I keep coughing I know it's not COVID been tested right every I'm, I'm like grabbing for the allergy medicine I don't feel well I'm not nice okay I, I'm the first to say it and you know how much more so when it's a lot more than an allergy attack so if you're already a difficult person and sparse I can, my my family has not told me that I am on a regular basis. Um, but if somebody is not a nice person on a regular basis and they don't feel well, it's just going to make it that much harder. They're not going to suddenly, just because, God forbid, they have cancer, doesn't mean that they're going to say, oh, I'm dying, I really should treat you better. No, that's generally, could it happen yet? Is it generally the way it works? No. So be aware of that. Um, also, again if you if you don't know how if you don't know how to do what you need to do ask i'm a social worker you need resources i'll get your resources that's that's one of the things i do you need to find out what group where do i go who's the right person to contact that's what social workers are here for that's what i'm here for that's what these agencies are are for i please this is a, a life lesson but don't make assumptions Right. Oh, but look, my mom just made Aliyah and she's sick. of course she's going to get care from the government. No, of course. You have to ask. You always have to ask. And um, when it comes to also, if you can, if you have the luxury of time, speak to your parents when they're healthy. Find out what's in the bank account. What can you afford? What can you not afford? Do they have health care insurance from wherever they've made Aliyah from? Um, if you're afforded that extra time, it will allow you to formulate a realistic plan of care for the future. I can tell you that when my, when my mom, uh, excuse me, when I was growing up, my mom always used to say, and I hated it, I hated it. She always used to say, in case, God forbid, her sentence was never finished, in case, God forbid, there's a silver metal box in the closet. And I knew exactly what it was. That's where I keep the important papers. And I would always say, Mom, stop, stop, Please, I can't I can't have this conversation. And she would always say, Rachel, in case God forbid, and let me tell you, in case God forbid happened. and I obviously had to do the legwork, but my mom paid for her own funeral. Um, everything was set in place before I didn't I I was given the luxury of of falling apart. Because the nitty-gritty stuff, most of it was done. I just had to make sure the papers went to the right place. Um, So I'm I'm very fortunate in that way. Um, Delegate tasks. If you cannot do it, get a friend. I had a friend drive me to the bank. If you can't do the Hebrew, ask someone for help. Please ask for help. And also to the best of your ability, please take care of yourself. Um, I know it's very trite, it's very cliche, we talk about self care. It doesn't have to mean bonbons and mm-hmm. you know, and manicures if that's your thing, go for it. Um when I when I was taking care of my mom, um, my my decision was I came into the States for three weeks and I was gonna be in the hospital with her every single day. And I got yelled at internationally. From Canada, from the US, from England and from Israel. You cannot be in the hospital every day. I came for that. And they and everyone yelled and I took myself out to some of my old haunts, spent some time in Walgreens, didn't buy anything. I just walked around, um, treated myself to lunch. It wasn't anything fancy, but I needed to not be in caregiver, daughter, everything is falling apart mode for a little bit of time because the quality of your care is only as good as how good you are and the energy you have to give over. You're not going to hear the doctors. You're not going to be able to focus on your parents. You're not going to be able to think. Um, and the the last thing that I'm just going to give this over to you too is that uh, this is really hard. No matter what country you're in, it's hard. When um, when I was in the funeral home and we were just about ready to start the service for my mom, I I I kind of froze. In addition to all the other emotional stuff, I froze. Because the funeral director gave me a bunch of papers and said, Mrs. Weinstein, you have to sign. And I stopped and I realized I can't do it. I can't do this because my mom for, for all of my years, she was the one who paid the bills. She signed things. She was very distinctive handwriting. And all of a sudden I was signing the papers. Right? Again, complicated relationships, you know, distance, so many things. And I was forty years old. I'd been married for over two decades. I have four adult children and one of them was married or almost married at the time. And I realized that moment that I was the grown up and it, it, it was very powerful. I did this for a living, but I didn't
1: know until I had to know. So absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really understand, you know, these hard conversations. I, as an elder law lawyer, deal a lot with these hard conversations when I come to a family, even, you know, ends of life decisions. And they're like, no, 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 no. was like, you really need to talk about it. And sometimes it's funny because the parents do want to talk about it, but the children don't want to listen. Right. And I sit them down and I say, you know what, this is not a fun conversation, but we're all going to be Grown ups, as you said, we're gonna have it because right. otherwise, when you won't be able to have it, because God forbid, mom and dad have dementia, you'll have to guess, and nobody wants to guess. Right. So let's have the talk, or you know, having making sure there's a special folder with all the important information, including passwords, including credit card information, including right. insurance, including you know, IRA information for people right. in America it's important that everybody knows where these are sitting and what the information is because when god forbid you need it the last thing you want to start doing is checking the house and finding pieces of paper and trying to figure out a puzzle where you know it should be it should be somewhere with together i also i hated
2: hated that silver box i can i can see it in my head but i'm telling you everything that everything that she had told me and it's interesting i started But, right my mom fought she she was I mean everyone said you know mom's a fighter um, She did not enjoy not that most people do having the conversation about death and dying but this This was her way of saying I love you I'm letting you know now When if, if god forbid I if god forbid that was the and it happened and obviously I had I had to do the legwork um,
1: But um but the papers were all there the work was done a lot Absolutely. of that. Would be Absolutely. Also, you know, in in America, I know preparing a durable power of attorney is something actually very well known and done as part of the state planning. Right. Um, and Israel is set up a little bit different, but there is a durable power of attorney and it is very, very important for the children and the parents yeah. to get their act together and make sure that the parent discusses this mm-hmm. this topic with the child and signs on such a document mm-hmm. Because when they need to use it, if they don't have such a thing, it will be too late. And it's also will be a matter of a guessing game. What would mother, what would mom or dad want? How would they want to proceed with this? What is important to them? And it's funny this, you know, um, and we'll we'll close up the session, but there was um, one of the documents that I prepared. And every document is so different because every person has things that are important for them. Mm-hmm. So one person said to me, you know what I really like to do with the thing? I have this thing that I like to sit with, like, this little glass of red wine and just breathe. Can I put that in my enduring power attorney? And I said, of course, no. please put it in. Right. Absolutely. People will be more than happy to do that if that's possible. You can drink right. wine without, you know, if there's no question of medication or whatever. Right. They would love to be able to know that this is right. your heaven spot and this is what you want. Of course, so important. It's so a that- quality of life
2: issue and, and, and you know, and a quality of life issue for your, your parents. And again, I say this from experience, no matter what the relationship was, when they're comfortable, the, a part of you exhales. It, it It's, you know, you, you may not have got along, you know, all the time, but knowing that, at this moment I am I'm truly doing the best I can do and the look on your face or the or your posture or your blood pressure, whatever. Something is telling me you got it right. And of course taking care of our parents is not about well, I got it right. But I have to be, again, I have to be honest that when you're worried and you're nervous and you're emotional because parents, you know what? Getting some sort of confirmation that it's good, you're doing a good job. It, it helps your heart. It really, it
1: really will. helps. Your heart. You know, I have this saying that there isn't such a thing. Most children, most children, if not all children, want what's best for their parents, but they don't necessarily know in advance what is the best for their parents. And if their parents tell them, it makes it so much more easier. And right. long, can I Can I just add one? Sorry, one last thing. <laughs> sorry.
2: That... Um, when we would go visit when I was with my team in, you know, the hospice team and we would visit people in nursing homes. Um, I worked very closely with music therapists, a phenomenal, phenomenal profession. They are not just troubadours. They're not musical, you know, traveling musicians, they're therapists who use their music. And so oftentimes, you know, we'd see someone who was, you know, little old lady or little old man, and they would start playing, you know, uh, they'd sing a little bit of opera or some very classic, very sweet, you know, you know, and, oh, kind of music. And I remember one time, more than once, but there was a family who said, you know, you didn't write that stuff. Do you have like anything like, like, I don't know, like, greats dead. Can you, can you like get a tape recorder and like play some heavy metal? Because he really liked that. And so you don't want to raise the person, the person's, you know, blood pressure too too high. But you could see that when familiar music, right? It was his. It was his red wine and his comfortable spot. You saw the change, and it was unbelievable. Because if you walked past, you knew that the man was dying, and there was like, you know, an electric guitar. Like, what's going on? But he was happy, and that made everybody else happy.
1: So absolutely. Yeah. So that's yeah. so. but well, this has been an amazing, amazing talk. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Golden Topics. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Golden Topics so that you can stay updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they can also benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website, www.lawmirit.com, and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next episode.